Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Well, good morning. It is great just seeing everybody today. It's a great morning. You've got to remember that Sunday is the first day of the week, okay? This is not the last day. It's the first day, and we're going to set it off right just doing what God's called us to do, and that's joining together in worship. Yes, good morning, everybody, and good morning, online people. We miss you, and we love you, and Crookston, thinking about you this morning, too, so um, just love you guys. We're excited for what God has for you guys in Crookston. A couple of days ago, Mary and I were talking about, about Christmas, and Christmas was just hard to believe. It was like a little over a month ago, and uh, today, with your blessing... Or maybe without it, because we're just going to do this, I guess. But uh, we're always, I'm always careful about not wanting to promote family, my family, our family. But i got to show you some pictures of our grandkids, okay? <laughs> I, I just have to do that today. We got together at Christmas time, and we had so much fun, okay? We have five, three boys, their spouses, and then five grandkids. And so when we got together, it wasn't a long time, was it, dear? But, oh, my goodness, you know, Grandma's heart was just full with all the grandkids. This is little Cambry and our newest one. That's little Cambry and little Gabby. Gabby's the newest, the newest member of the Johnson family. And then our, our, our grandson, our oldest grandson, we'll just wait just a second. Uh, his name is Caden. <laughs> our oldest son is, Grand, is Caden, okay? And, and Caden loves practical jokes. And so Grandma found something, okay? Well, we were, we were shopping for Christmas for the grandkids like a month before Christmas or something. And I was like, honey, do you remember about three years ago, Caden's favorite gift? I mean, he was so silly. We got, I had gotten him a whoopee cushion. <laughs> and, and literally, like, that was the favorite gift of the, of the year for Caden. And he would not stop putting it under everybody the entire time we were together. So oh, I was like, let's find something silly for Caden. You know, let's get him another, like, I don't know what. And so the only thing we could find was this box of tricks. <laughs> and in this box were these terrible teeth. And he would not take them out. <laughs> and so he put these in his mouth. <laughs> and again, his favorite gift at Christmas was this box about seven or eight weird things in this box. <laughs> Finally got to a place where said, Caden, take them out. Take them out. We're done now. We're done with those. And had the buzzer and all that. But, uh, and then this, this is our three youngest grandkids. I mean, like, and, and Grandma had to buy something. something some, that was their grandma's outfits that, he want, that uh, she wanted them, them to have. Uh, our, our son, uh, three sons, one of them married a uh, Filipino, and so uh, the two kids on the left are half Filipino, a quarter German, and a quarter Norwegian. So they got it all covered, okay? They, they've got, <laughs> they have it all covered. Anything else, honey? <laughs> anyway, and we were just thinking about that. You, you know what the heart of the Johnson family is? You're looking at it, right? I mean, the heart of the Johnson family has nothing to do with houses, it has nothing to do with the home that we live in. It has nothing to do with the car that we drive. It has nothing to do with really even our vocations, those types of things. I mean, the thing that really gets me passionate and really gets like the thing that really 
gets on the heart is like what you're looking at right there. The kids, right? The kids and the grandkids. Anybody can understand, relate with kids or grandparents understand? Yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's, there's nothing like that. And so as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, so what is, what is the heart of heaven? And can I tell you something? The heart of heaven is something that's no different than what our heart would be. The heart of heaven is this. It's all about God's kids, about you and I. It's about people, isn't it? In fact, John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life everlasting life, that God looked down from heaven, looked upon this world, and when we think of the, the, the term world, so oftentimes we, you know, maybe we think, well, it's just this vast, you know, sea of humanity, which it is, but, 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 but in all of it, he saw each one of us, and he loved so much that he gave, and I was thinking about it, you know, Mary and I have been your pastors for well, we're coming up on 13 years in April since the beginning of the church. And I, I, I was thinking about this, so please just, you know, I guess I'll just welcome you into my mind a little bit. But, like, yes, I, 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 th- I would be, I think, I, I really hope that I would be willing to lay down my life for each of you. And I believe I would. I, I believe I would. But would I be willing to lay down one of their lives for you? I don't know. Would I be willing to like sacrifice one of their lives of my kids or grandkids for somebody that 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 other I would do it, but would I give their lives and like I don't know. Maybe for good people, not 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 even for good people, but then you think about like how about like wicked or evil people? And that's exactly what God did. He took his only son he says, I, I would die for you, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to send my son to die on your behalf so that you might live. And that kind of love is like, that's amazing. The heart of heaven is all about people. The priority of heaven is all about people. In fact, in Revelation, it gives us a picture the little sermon bumper we just showed gives us a little picture of, of, of what the last, of the last chapter or the last book talks about. And here John was given this vision. He says, after these things I looked and behold, there was a great multitude which nobody could count. And they were from every nation, every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues that were standing before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I mean, can you imagine people of every nationality, people from every language, people from every ethnicity, all gathered around the throne and worship to God? Just a little bit over a month ago, we gathered around the Christmas tree and opened gifts and sang songs and just had such a wonderful and a fun time as a family. And as we gather from all the, this Midwest region and came together and do that, and it was such a wonderful time. But there's going to come a day. We're not going to gather around a Christmas tree. We're going to gather around the throne. And when we gather around the throne, what's going to be present, people from every ethnicity, every nationality, every tongue, every language, every group, and all of us are just going to be focused on the Lamb that has now been seated on the throne just in worship and in praise to Him. That, that is the heart of heaven. 
I mean, that's what gets, that's the thing that motivates God. That, that's all it's about. It's not about buildings. It's not about all these different things we may think. It's all about people. That's the heartbeat of heaven. That's the heartbeat of heaven. And so what does that mean for us then? What does that mean? I would just say this today, and we're going to look at this these next few weeks, that it all, everything always begins in prayer. We just came off of a series, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. We're going to the heart of heaven, and so this is kind of like this transitional sermon to move us from prayer into this heart of heaven. And so we're going to talk about prayer. It all begins in this. In fact, Psalm 2.8, God spoke this. He says, ask of me, ask, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possession. He said, if you'll ask of me, I will give the nations to you as your inheritance. I will give them to to you as your inheritance. If you just ask, ask me, ask. I move in response to prayer. So ask for the nations of China. Ask for the nation of Norway. Ask for the nations of the Philippines. Ask for the nations, whatever. Ask for these individuals. Ask for them. Come to me in prayer and ask, and I will give them to you. I will give them to you. I think of Jesus as he taught in, in the book of Mark, Mark eleven seventeen. Jesus says, as it is written, or it says, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for what? For all the nations. Why Freedom Church exists, one of the reasons is so that we can come to God in prayer for all nations. It's not just prayer for us. It's just not prayer for our needs as we gather on the altar. And I'm all in on that. I love that. We're going to continue to do that. But there's something more that God wants us to call. He's called us together that we might come and intercede on behalf of all the nations. That's God's heart. That's God's heart. If you want to bless me, pray for my sons. If you want to bless me, pray for my grandkids. And if you want to bless in the same way, if you want to bless God's heart, you pray for his kids, right? That's what he's calling us to do. If we really want to bless the heart of God, we say, God, give us a burden, God, for the people in China. Or give us a burden, oh God, for those in North Korea that are worshiping, you know, under fear of persecution. God, give us a burden for those people, oh God, that we might come and Lord, we will intercede on their behalf. That's the heart of heaven. That's the heart of the Father, is God, expand my vision beyond Grand Forks, beyond America, Lord, to people around the world that are like, and not just the persecuted church. And so that, that's what we want to just dive in today, is the heart of heaven. And God had just laid some thoughts on Mary's heart months ago that we've been talking about. And I said, honey, I think this is the Sunday, so dear. This is like, any, any wrestling fans, WWE Okay, it's a rough crowd, so tag team beer, dear. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is, I, I know if you've been around Freedom Church for a while, you probably know like this is something that Nathan and I are just passionate about and that we feel, uh, I, I don't know, like I don't think anything grips our hearts more than what we're talking about today because it's the joining together of reaching lost people and of prayer. And as Nathan was saying, the way we get the heart of heaven, it begins in prayer. That's not all. There's other things God's going to call us to do, and we're going to talk about those in the next few weeks. And I'm really excited about that because God wants us to be with people. That's part of it, too, and other things. But it starts in prayer. It begins in prayer. That's the starting point. If we neglect to be in prayer, I know for me, I get caught up in my own little world. 
my focus gets on Mary and on myself and on my world and on whatever, whatever that looks like. I know it's probably different for all of us, but we lose our way, our focus gets off when we, when we neglect to be in God's presence. And so today, we're going to take a look at the book of Acts, and we're going to specifically look at what the Lord did. Sorry, that probably is right in the way for some of you. What the Lord did, how he, what Jesus specifically said in this area, and the early church, what did it look like, and why was prayer such a key link to reaching the lost, because that's the heart of heaven. The heart of heaven is all of us here in this room being with Jesus, but the heart of heaven is also for all the people who are not sitting in this room this morning, who don't know Jesus, who are so lost, who are so alone, who are so hurting, that's the heart of heaven, that they would find Jesus. And so God is calling us to be that extension to those people. So uh, in the book of Acts, if you guys aren't real familiar with the Bible, you know the first four books of the New Testament are called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all talk about Jesus' life from all those four different disciples' perspective. And then the book of Acts is right after that, because it picks up right after that, right after Jesus died on the cross, rose again, was on earth for a few days, a short amount of time, he just was about to ascend right back up to heaven. And so at this point, I mean, you think about this. There was this group of about 120 believers with Jesus on this day. And they were the ones now completely responsible to spread this news about Jesus to the entire world. I mean, that had to have been a little scary for Jesus to be like, I'm going now. You guys are going to do it. You can do it. And so his last words were not like, all right, uh, Peter, you're in charge of this. Okay, James, you are going to be in charge of this. You guys, you're going to go here. You're going to go. It was nothing about strategy. It was nothing about anything even close to that. It was one thing. There was one thing Jesus said. And he said, do not leave till you, you get the gift that my father has for you. So I want you to go back to Jerusalem and wait for that. That was his only instructions at that point. And, and tied to that, he said, and you will receive power to be witnesses. So there was this incredible link right at the get-go, right at the very beginning of the church was, you've got to get in God's presence. The very first thing you've got to do, you've got to get in God's presence. And so this, this group of about 120 people, they went into, they call it the upper room. So it must be this room that was up on the, on the second level or whatever level of a building. And they waited, and they waited, and they waited for quite a few days. And they just waited in God's presence in prayer. And all of a sudden, the gift came. And it came with this mighty rushing wind. And you guys know this is in Acts chapter 2. And... We call it Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and they began to speak in other tongues, and it was loud, and it was kind of, it must have been a bit crazy, because <clears throat> people heard it. People on the street heard it, and they wondered what was going on, and some of them made fun and said, they're drunk. They are drunk, 
at this time. And it was in the morning hours when this happened. And Peter gets up and he says, we are not drunk, as you might think. This is exactly what the prophet Joel talked about, that I'm going to pour my spirit out on everybody in the last days, young and old, men and women. And then he begins to talk about Jesus. And that, that very day, over 3,000 people got saved and came to believe in Jesus. And that was like the, that initial explosion of the early church, that it just began to explode. And from then on, I mean, oh, I love thinking about what the early church looked like. It was a beautiful time. I mean, these believers, they said they had everything in common. They took care of each other. They met each other's needs. They met together daily. They went to each other's houses. They ate meals together. They devoted themselves to the disciples' teaching and to prayer. Miracles were happening. And it says every day people were getting saved. Every day. I mean, that's what the early church looked like. And it was born out of this prayer meeting. It was born out of this group of 120 people who said, we're not going to leave. We're going to do what Jesus said. He said to wait. We're going to wait till we get this gift. But then, as you all know, uh, in the middle of this amazing time, persecution just as well exploded against the church in a very serious way to where they were to dragging people, men and women, out of houses to jail, putting some to death. Stephen was put to death. And that just like catapulted this terrible uh, onslaught of persecution against the believers. And because of that, they were scattered, which most likely this is part of God's plan because as they scattered, it says everywhere they went, they began to tell people about Jesus everywhere they went. And so that's where our story, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, uh, as they were scattered, Peter was scattered or fled or went to Joppa. So Joppa is this town. It's on the Mediterranean coast. And uh, we're going to turn to Acts 10. I guess I was there. Uh, so on the Mediterranean coast is this town called Joppa where Peter is. He's staying with a man named Simon who's a tanner. And uh, we're going to uh, read about, to me, in my mind, it, this seems like the greatest turning point in the early church as far as reaching people. And it all came about because there were two men in prayer, very different from each other, one named Cornelius and Peter. And so we're going to read about Cornelius, chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. It says, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius. He was a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So Cornelius, he's this interesting man, a really wonderful man. He's God-fearing, but he doesn't know Jesus. He's not heard about Jesus. So He's not a Christian, and yet there's something in his heart that is crying out to God, that wants to honor God, and he has this generous heart to help people in need. So that's Cornelius. So he's in his house one day praying at three in the afternoon. He's a Roman. He's a soldier. He's, over, he's a centurion. He's over 100 soldiers. So that's the kind of man he's in leadership. And he's in his house praying, and an angel appears. And it says, Cornelius, I've seen you. God has seen you, and he's heard your, he's heard your prayers, and he has seen your generosity to the poor. 
I just love this. I love this because what it says to me is that when you cry out to God, even if you don't know Jesus, even if you don't really know a lot about the word, even if you don't really fully understand everything about God, when you cry out to God, God responds. He sees you. And he says, I, God sees you, Cornelius. And then he just tells him exactly what to do. He says, I want you to go get a man named Peter. He lives in the town of Joppa. So go get him and bring him here. He'll tell you what to do. And so immediately, Cornelius is this amazing man. Like as soon as the angel leaves, as soon as he has this, he calls two of his trusted servants and one of his soldiers. And he sends these three men. It's about 40 miles south down the coast of the Mediterranean Sea to find Peter. I mean, it's immediate obedience. <laughs> Immediately he does what God tells him to do. So these guys leave, and now the next day, this is what's happening. So now Peter, Peter, we said, was scattered to Joppa. So Peter is in Joppa, and it's about lunchtime, and the meal's not ready, so he decides just to get alone with God and pray. And I love this part of the story as well. You know, you think about that, like, in our world today, oh my goodness, uh, distractions are just, I don't know. I'm sure there were distractions for Peter. I'm sure Peter could have done a lot of other things at that point. I'm sure he made a conscious decision. I'm just going to get alone with God right now. I'm going to just take this little bit of time I have of waiting to get in God's presence. And as you will, as we read, you will, I mean, it was like a life-altering experience for Peter, just simply saying, I'm going to take some time right now to get in your presence, God, while I have a few minutes. And, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but with all of the technology and all of our smartphones, it is so easy to fill every minute of our life with our, our mind on something. I just want to encourage you, it is not a waste of time to have a quiet moment of solitude. It is not wasting your time to say, I'm not going to return emails right now. I'm not going to check my messages right now and catch up on some things or check social media. I think it is a gift. It's a gift and a calling for us to just put that all those distractions away and just get in solitude and just take some time with the Lord. And so that's what Peter did. So he gets alone. He's on the roof. He's praying, and he has this really weird vision. It's like this huge, huge sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and in the middle of it are all these animals. It says four-footed animals, birds, and reptiles. But the kind of, kind of whatever thing about all the animals, they are all considered unclean by the Jewish people, all of them, which means they're not to eat them, for sure. And so... Then this, this voice says, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, no way, God, I have never eaten anything unclean. And then he has this vision a second time. The very same thing happens all over again. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, no way, God. And God says, I forgot one key line. He says, don't call anything unclean, unclean that I've made pure. And that happens three times, and then it's done. And Peter's up on the roof, and he's like thinking about it. God, what are you saying? What are you saying to me, God? At the 
very moment he's thinking about this, the three men that Cornelius sent are literally at the gate of the house trying to find him. And, and then God's the Spirit speaks to him clearly and says, Peter, there's three men right now. They're right here waiting to find you, to ask you to go with them. I want you to go with them. Don't be afraid to go with them. And so these three men come. They get Peter. They leave. They get to Cornelius' house the next day because it's like a 40-mile. I don't know if they're, hopefully they didn't have to walk. I don't know. They're walking or on horseback or camels, I suppose, or donkeys. I don't know what, but they get there. And as soon as they get there, Peter sees that Cornelius has called this big crowd in his house, his close friends, his relatives. He's called them all. They're all there waiting to hear what this man Peter is going to say. And and Peter, right away, he says, like the first thing he says is like, I shouldn't be here. You know, for a Jew, I really shouldn't be here. Like, uh, it's against our law for me to sit and eat with you or be with you or come in your house. And then, but then Peter tells Cornelius about his vision. And in turn, Cornelius tells his story of how God spoke to him. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the light goes on for Peter. And it is the, the biggest life-changing moment in his ministry, he finally gets it. Because up to this point, he thinks, and, and they meant well, but the disciples thought, this is for the Jewish people. We are God's chosen people. He sent us our Messiah. He sent Jesus. And now this is for the Jews. We've got to tell our Jewish friends and family about Jesus. They still did not get it that this gospel, this good news about Jesus, it's for every nation, for every people, no longer just for the Jews. And I want to read, I love these verses, verse 34 of chapter 10. Peter began to speak. This is after they both exchanged their stories, and all of a sudden he gets it, and he understands what the vision meant. He says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of God. This is the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. I mean, it just took, it took a lot for Peter to get this. It took this vision. It took all these really miracles. But it was a result of these two men praying, very different men. And as Peter then begins to talk about Jesus, he literally is just saying, he's beginning to explain to them they didn't know about Jesus. And as the words, he's just speaking, he's doing nothing but telling them about Jesus. The Holy Spirit just falls on them all. And they're, again, like just completely <clears throat> touched by the Holy Spirit. And these are believers that haven't even quite said, oh, I'm going to follow Jesus. It's just a simultaneous thing that God's spirit is poured out because God responds to our hearts. And in this, when I read this, <clears throat> I've read this so many times, but I read this last fall in October or November, and God just really began to speak to me about just multiple things. But one of the things was Mary, uh, when people cry out to me, I will hear. 
regardless if they even know Jesus yet, I am listening and I will hear. And so this morning, if you feel like, man, you know, okay, Mary and Nathan, you're saying like, okay, we're supposed to get the heart of heaven. We're supposed to reach people. We're supposed to reach the lost. It's going to start in prayer. I don't even, I don't quite even know what that looks like. That's okay. Honestly, that is okay. God is just saying, would you just, just come and be with me? One of the things that I like to do sometimes when I'm at home and I'm praying, I just like to, I know this might sound a little weird, but I try to just visualize Jesus sitting with me. I just, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I just need to really talk to Jesus and pour my heart out. And sometimes I just try to visualize that he is like physically there. And I mean, he is there, but we don't really see him physically. But I just try to visualize Jesus there sitting with me, just talking to him, pouring my heart out, hearing what he has to say. And I just want to encourage you, that's what prayer is. It's simple. It's getting in God's presence. And there's nobody here that has to feel inferior, like you don't have what it takes to be a good prayer. That's not true. Because the truth is, God always looks at the heart. That is the only, that is the only thing we need to have is a heart after God. That is the only thing. I want to read one verse in Revelation, Revelation 3, I think it's 20. We hear this verse all the time when it's like calling people to accept Jesus for the first time. It actually is written to a church. It's written to believers by Jesus when, you know, all the seven churches he wrote to them. And it says, Jesus says, here I am. Here I am. And I really believe that's what Jesus is saying. He's just saying, here I am. I'm right here. I'm just standing at the door of your heart. I'm knocking. Just invite me in. If you'll just invite me in, I'm going to come in. I'm going to sit with you. I just want to sit with you. I'm going to eat with you and you with me. And to me, it is this beautiful picture of prayer. He just says, I'm here. I'm right here. If you'll just hear me knocking. And that's probably the biggest thing is all of us getting ourselves to this place to hear God calling us to prayer. Just hear Jesus calling you to himself and just saying, Okay, Jesus, come on in and just sit with me, and I'm going to sit with you, and we're going to fellowship together. That's his call to all of us, all of us, wherever we are in our walk with the Lord. And, you know, you think about Peter. Peter knew Jesus so well. He lived with him for three years. He saw everything that Jesus did. But it took this encounter in prayer for everything in his mindset to be altered. And I want to encourage you, sometimes in ministry, we have those times where God just wants to like alter our thinking, the way we've thought about things, the things that we think are the way they are when maybe they aren't that way. Um, <clears throat> Nathan and I were listening or watching. Honey, what was that thing on the music? Jesus music? It was just a pretty cool documentary of all the music since the 60s, the 50s. 
and like where God has brought music. I mean, it was really cool. But one of the things I loved seeing, they had actual footage of the Jesus movement. And so I don't know if you guys know about the Jesus movement in the 60s, in the 60s, but it was this massive movement of teenagers and young adults and college students to Jesus. It was amazing. I mean, oh, it's just, it's like, oh, as we watched, it's like, God, do this again. And I believe he is, that you guys are part of it. Like, your generation, he's calling you back and bringing you back. But a lot of churches missed it because they could not take what God was doing. They couldn't stand the music that was coming out of all of it. There was like Christian rock for the first time and and they couldn't take that and they <clears throat> didn't like the way the kids were dressed because, you know, a lot of them were barefoot and short shorts and all kinds of stuff because these, these kids were just coming to Jesus. And young adults were coming to Jesus. And Nathan and I were talking about that, Lord, are there, are there things in our life that we would miss or could miss because our mindset isn't quite open to what you're doing. And I just want to encourage you that in times of prayer, I believe God will show us if there's things God wants to alter. Maybe God's going to change the direction of your ministry. Peter never would have seen this coming. He never would have seen that coming. But in prayer, God showed him, here's, here's where you're going, Peter. <laughs> here's what you're going to do. You are going to go to the Gentiles, is what they called them. You are going to the non-Jewish people because I want all people everywhere to know Jesus. And so this morning, I just, I want to encourage you that the Lord is calling all of us. I believe all of us, he's calling us to prayer. Whatever season you are in your life, young, middle, older, mommies with little ones, I know that can be such a difficult season, but don't be discouraged because it's okay. When God calls us to prayer, it looks different for different people. For different ones of us, different seasons look different. There's different seasons in my life where I've had more time to pray than other times. And God sees all of that. But he's calling all of us to prayer. And there's this link. If we really want the heart of heaven, if we really want to see people come to Jesus, that's where it will start. When we begin to pray for people, our hearts are turn towards those people. I, I've been praying for a, a, a young woman, and, and I know be, as I've been praying, God's given me a love for this young woman and opened doors for me to minister to her. There's been times I've prayed for countries, and as I prayed for them, I began to love that country, even though I've never been there, even wondering, like, well, maybe God's calling us there, and it was Iceland. <laughs> I felt this one year like I was just supposed to pray for Iceland. And I just, it was really cool because as I began to pray for Iceland, I began to love the country. And I began to hear or read or see things about, oh, there's a really bad problem with alcohol with the young adults because there's nowhere to go in Iceland and there's nothing to do. And, and I began to think, Lord, are you calling us to Iceland? Because when we pray, our hearts are changed and turned. And so today... <clears throat> it's, a, it's an exciting day. God's calling us. 
He's calling us. He's saying, who will go? Who will go for me? And I want to say, God, here I am and send me. But that's going to start in prayer. It's going to start in prayer for my heart to get the heart of heaven. Thank, thank you, dear. Uh, Mary and I are going to ask you to do something that maybe you've never done before. But we're going to ask you to join us in what we've done. And that is simply this. Would you, would you be willing or maybe brave or courageous to look to the Lord and say, God, would you give me your heart, God, for this people, for this nation, this country, this people group, and say, God, would you give me your heart? Again, this is not about us. This is not about where, how are we going to benefit from this today? This is, about, this is about God's heart and say, God, we want your priorities to be ours. God, we want Freedom Church to be the place that you love to hang out because our heart as a church is so in tune with you. Isn't it great, all the cool people that go to Freedom Church? Thank you, Nate. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, tell the person beside you, I'm so glad you're here because you're so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. And in Crookston, and in Crookston, tell each other, okay? Because you're so cool. It's so awesome, right? And it's so great because there's people from every economic status that attend church. But can I tell you something even more important that cool people attend here? Most important thing is God says, hey, there's a place I want to hang out. That every Sunday God says, man, I'm going to be at Freedom Church because, man, they've got my heart. They really understand the priorities of heaven. They really get the heart of heaven. And so I'm going to, I'm going to show up there. That's where I'm going to be because I know those people and I know they have a heart for God. And so what we're going to ask you to do is this. Would you pray? We'll take a moment in just, just, in just a moment to pray. Say, God, what country of the world are you asking me to pray for for 2022? Or maybe it's not even, maybe it's just a people group of a country. And to say, God, could you just help us, Lord, help me to really get your heart for that nation. And God, and this year, I'm going to sow in prayer in that nation, for that nation, that people group. God, I believe that that's what, I know that's what God's calling us to do. And I know for Mary and I, that's something that we're really doing. So uh, Josiah and the band, if you guys would come up, I'd, I would really would appreciate that. But can we just take a moment to, to pray? Let's just take a moment. And, and I just would ask that you'd open up your heart and say, God, Lord, I, I, I will pray, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we know that your heart is for your kids. It's for the people of every nationality, every language group, every ethnicity from every country. Lord, Lord, uh, Lord, every skin tone. And Father, we're so thankful for that, Lord. And I just pray that you would help Freedom Church to be a reflection of that. But Lord, not only physically, Lord, in those physical characteristics, but Lord, I'm asking, oh God, that in our heart, God, that we would have your heart for the nations of this world. And so in Jesus' name, God, lay on our heart the nation that you'd have us to pray for this year. Lord, what is that nation? What is that country, God? What is that people group that you would have us to do now? In Jesus' name, God, I'm asking, oh God, today, in Jesus' name, God, in Jesus' name, oh God, that you would give us that country, oh God. Thank you, Jesus.
Lord, I ask that you would forgive me, Lord, for making prayer about me and how it affects me and, Lord, what's in it for me and how can I benefit. And, Lord, forgive me for that, Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. But, Lord, I use this incredible, Lord, access that you've given to me to your heart through, through this thing called prayer, Lord, that I might bless you and that the priority of heaven would be my priority, God. Lord, thank you for this word. You've laid on Mary's heart and the power of, of Cornelius and Peter and both of them in prayer and coming together. And Lord, the gospel that spread from the Jews that, that went to the Gentiles, oh God, of which we're incredible recipients. Of. And so, Father, we ask that you would do that today in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to ask you to do one other thing today. Uh, one other thing today. And so whatever that country is that came to your mind, that first one, like that's the one, that's the one, that's the one, that's the one. And so what we're asking you, and you can do it today. In fact, right now, if you want, my, I guess I don't have my phone with me, but you can go to Freedom Church website, www.hellofreedomchurch.com. And there's, there's a little button that says adopt a country. And if you click on that button, if you click on that button, then it will take you. You can put in just a, a three-question name, email, as well as, 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 as well the country you're going to pray for. Uh, or you can go here, and from your seat, you can just scan that. and It'll take you to that same form where you're at. Or you can just, if you'd like, well, I don't have a smartphone, uh, you can take a card that's just in front of you, and if you take the card in front of you, uh, you can write on your name, address, and then I'm going to be praying for this country. And then let's just, let's just pray, guys. Let's just say, God, open up our hearts this year, Lord, to beyond ourselves and beyond our nation, God, that we, Lord, would pray for the nations of this world and that Freedom Church, as Matthew says, Lord, that my house would be called a house of prayer for all nations. Hebrews 7 says, Jesus lives, always lives to make intercession on behalf of the saints. Jesus lives, he exists to intercede for the believers. He lives for that. And when we pray, what we're saying is, God, we want to live for that too, God. We want to link arms and hearts with your intercessory heart. And God, we want to come alongside of you, God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And so if you would just do that today, you, you can go to that website now, whatever, or, or whatever, uh, uh, do it this afternoon. But can we just stand today? Can we stand, God? Open our hearts, oh God. Father, we turn our hearts from ourselves to you, God, today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, God. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.